I remember one time in seminary, one of my best friends came back from spiritual direction and shared what the priest had said to him in spiritual direction. And this priest was from India. He was a little bit more direct than a lot of our American spiritual directors. And he really kind of gave it to this friend of mine. And it was a it was one of those things that sometimes in someone else's spiritual direction, you can sort of have your own world rocked too. And I don't know exactly what the sin was that my friend was dealing with, but the spiritual director said to him, you know, with this particular sin, you're not necessarily crucifying our Lord again, but you are going up to him and slapping him in the face. And wow, that's just such a hard thing to hear because I think we're all you know, tempted to fall into the trap of sort of dismissing our sins as, well, it's not that bad. It's not such a big deal. And I would say after 10 years of hearing confessions, especially any time that it's been, say, in a convent, especially a cloistered convent, I've heard that old uh, act of contrition in which the phrase is used that, you know, by my sins, I crucify my Savior again. And I think sometimes we think, it's like, oh, you know, this little white lie that I just told, it's not, I'm not crucifying our Savior again. And that's where my friend's spiritual director's advice really hits hard. Okay, maybe you're not crucifying him again with that sin, but you are slapping him in the face. And wow, as we hit this Wednesday of Holy Week, which is traditionally called Spy Wednesday, because we have the Gospel of Judas sneaking out, you know, going out there and working at handing Jesus over, right? That he's, you know, this spy who's going to bring these people to come and arrest Jesus in the garden as we're going to reflect upon tomorrow night. But I read a very beautiful reflection this morning about the motive, you know, behind Judas doing what he was doing. And I've heard you know, all sorts of things over the years about, you know, this wasn't the Messiah he was looking for. He was trying to push Jesus along or this or that. But the reflection this morning was this. What if Judas just did it for the money, right? Which is essentially what the gospel says and what we should take it as. He sold our Lord out for money, right? Greed. And here's the thing that's so dangerous for each and every one of us and why I think my friend's spiritual director's advice should really pierce us to the heart, right? That he slapped him in the face. And the thing is, folks, all of us do that, right? Every time that we sin, we're turning our back on our Lord. We're slapping him in the face. What if? What led to his passion? What led to him being arrested in the garden was simply basic, run-of-the-mill greed. What if Judas wasn't some mastermind, wasn't some person who was trying to push things along? And all what if he was just a greedy SOB, right? Because the problem is, any of us can become that. Maybe our little thing isn't money. Maybe what we're constantly tempted towards is looking at something online, right? That we know that we shouldn't do. That essentially, in that moment, when it's there, when we want to click, you're essentially saying, you know what, I love this more than I love you, Jesus. Maybe I'm not nailing you to the cross, but I'm slapping you in the face. What if I have this opportunity once again to put this person down? You know, I could be kind and I could just let this little thing go, but you know what, 
I'm going to be a sarcastic person. I'm going to go ahead and tear them down. I'm going to talk about them behind their back. Maybe I'm not nailing one of the nails into his hands from slapping him in the face, right? We all fall into this. And I promise, I'm including myself in this as well. We can all become Judas. And the trouble is, I think in our day and age, it's just so easy to have that sort of mentality that, you know, as I've said so many times, Father, I don't need to go to confession. It's not like I've murdered anyone or anything. Well, the thing is, as you look at this gospel today, Judas hands Jesus over for money. He's just being greedy. Okay, so he didn't murder anybody or anything, but look at what happens. Look at what happens when sin is just sort of allowed. And the beautiful thing that we see at the Last Supper is our Lord giving Judas the chance to even say, one of you will betray me. It's like shining light on what's going on. Judas has the chance here to say, what have I done? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this for 30 pieces of silver. And our Lord, who is mercy himself, would have said, you're forgiven, right? And I've read recently that, you know, our Lord saying to a Benedictine priest in these series of discussions in a book called Insinu Yesu, which is incredible, that if Judas would have just looked at him, would have just looked at the love that Jesus had for him, he would have asked for forgiveness. But instead, you get what? His question Surely it is not I, Rabbi, right? Notice what the other one said. Surely it is not I, Lord. And of course, even the other disciples sort of like self-assurance. It's not me. Instead of, dear Lord, let it not be me, right? Because we know what's going to happen to Peter. He's sure it's not him. Never would he deny him. He'll go to his death for him. And what does he do? He denies him, right? And here we have Judas who won't even get to the point of calling him Lord. Just calling him rabbi, which means teacher. We can all fall into the trap of slapping him in the face. We can all fall into the trap of taking him for granted. And to the point that we sell him out for nothing, right? For crap on the internet. For just this opportunity to say something bad about someone. To, you know, enter into the gossip. To just be a little bit more greedy. All of these little things that we settle for instead of him. What does he offer to us? Eternal life and love. When you see this beautiful reading from the prophet Isaiah that he sets his face like flint. Why does he put up with all of this? Because he loves us and gives us every opportunity until the end to turn our backs on the crappy 30 pieces of silver, on that which will fade away, on that which ultimately is worth nothing. As we'll see, Judas cast it back into the temple, right? Right back at those that gave it to him. But unfortunately for Judas, he didn't realize that that mercy and that love were still available. Our first pope did. Peter, after denying him, after weeping bitterly, does come back to our Lord. Rather than despairing like Judas after choosing his own pride, after choosing his own image in the eyes of the servant girls around the house of the high priest, after that and weeping bitterly, he comes back to our Lord. He declares his love for him. And our Lord accepts it and sends him out to feed his sheep. My brothers and sisters in Christ, 
we slap him in the face so many times in our life, right? So many times we imitate Judas choosing something so minuscule that's ultimately nothing in the face of that infinite love that comes from the sacred heart of our Savior. But the beautiful thing is, he offers us the way back. Another beautiful thing I read recently in that Insinu Yesu is he says he's offering us his friendship. That remember, he wants to be your brother, your friend. He wants to be in love with you. And from that friendship and that love comes the fruit of perfection. Perfection is a fruit of friendship with him, not a prerequisite for it. Even if you've slapped him in the face, even if you've murdered someone, right? That old comment, Father, I don't need to go to confession. It's not like I've murdered anyone or anything. You know what? What if you have? His mercy is still there. His mercy is there to bring you back into the friendship with him. Even if you've been Judas and sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, even if you've denied him like Peter, even if you have murdered someone, his mercy is there for you. Remember, perfection is a fruit of friendship with him, not a prerequisite for it. As we enter into the most sacred days of the whole year, tomorrow begins the sacred triduum. Let's ask him once again to never take him for granted. Yes, it's a different year. Yes, we're going to be doing things in a slightly different way. But what remains the same is the heart and the love of Jesus Christ at the heart of all of this. The center of the whole liturgical year, his heart continues to beat and be on fire with love for you with love for me, even though I've slapped him in the face so many times, he still offers that friendship. My brothers and sisters in Christ, just one sort of closing note. One of the big differences this year is I'm not able to wash anyone's feet. It really does break my heart because it's one of my favorite moments of the whole liturgical year. But I will say this, in all reality, to sort of keep everything in context and in a good way of looking at it. Most people who come up to have their feet washed, their feet are already pretty clean, okay? I'm not really scrubbing away like all sorts of grossness and dirt. Thank you to everyone whose foot I've ever washed, right? I mean, it's not as repulsive. What I will say that we will continue to do here at Sacred Heart right after this Mass today, for as long as you're coming, I will hear confessions. I will offer, you know, by my priesthood, not because I'm John Eckert, but because I am a priest of Jesus Christ, get to offer you that true and amazing cleansing in the sacrament of confession. Remember, you don't have to be perfect to come to him, but perfection comes from that friendship with him. If it's been a long time since your confession, come on back. I will be in there until there's no more line, and I'll probably come back in later today as well. This is the thing. We want to be cleansed. We want to be ultimately in love with him who loves us. Come to confession. And if it doesn't work out today, or if you're somewhere else, if you're somewhere where confessions are not being offered, go to our Lord. Make that perfect act of contrition. Tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, most of all, because they offend you, who is all good and deserving of all of my love. And no matter how many times we've acted like Judas, no matter how many times we've slapped him in the face, he continues to love us because he loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. 
That love continues. That forgiveness, that mercy is possible. Don't imitate Judas in despair of that mercy, but rather imitate St. Peter. That no matter how many times we've fallen, no matter how many times we've slapped him or crucified him again, remember that love continues to burn for you and for me. Don't turn your back on it. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.